Grab your popcorn and snacks. Find a comfy spot, take a seat or lie down, and let me transport you to a place of fantasy, ghost stories, ancient legends, odd creatures, alien encounters, and other magical topics. You may even decide to join the conversation. From faraway lands to your own backyard, with a small dash of pixie dust, turn out the lights and open your minds. The journey is about to begin. Good afternoon. Happy Friday, everybody. We're here on a Friday. Kind of nice to be here on a Friday. Anyway, welcome to California Haunts Radio. My name is Charlotte. I'm going to be your host for the next hour. Uh, I'm also the owner of the California Haunts Paranormal Investigation Team based out of Sacramento, California. We're 35 strong up and down the state of California. We also have branches in Oregon, Washington, Nevada, and Hawaii. I want to welcome everybody. If you're watching on, if you're watching the show from YouTube, please subscribe. If you haven't subscribed already, there's a little ghost down in the bottom right-hand corner that has a magnifying glass and a Sherlock Holmes hat. Click on that, and that'll make you a subscriber. We've got more than 400 videos on the YouTube. I mean, I'm sorry, more than 200. <laughs> sorry, more than 200 videos someday uh, on that YouTube site, and uh, I think there's a little something for everybody on on there. Okay, tonight's guest. I've known for a long time. We go way back, back in the infant time. Back before I was even a ghost, had my own ghost team. That's how far back we go. And so I knew her, and I, uh, when I was in college, I decided to do an article um, about the haunted locations in Sacramento. Um, so we hooked up, did some talking at that point, and I met her at the Old City Cemetery when she was giving those cemetery tours. So, uh, like I said, we uh, we go back a long way, and uh, I'm really proud to have her on tonight. Nancy Matz is going to be on to talk to us. And all those stories I've been telling you guys about remote viewing and stuff like that, this is who was doing it for me. And, uh, you know, where she could she could describe right down to, I'm just trying to make sure I got everything in front of me here. There we go. She could describe right down to the design on the wallpaper when you go into a building. So, um, yeah, so without further ado, you know, she can talk to you about what, you know, what she's up to and whatnot right now. Okay. We go so far back. Oh my God. I'm aging overnight. Just listening. Uh, So John Bettencourt invited me to go to, um, the cemetery and do, I'm going to move this up a little bit so I can see it a little better. looks like I'm looking right at you. Got it the correct way there. Um, John Bettencourt called me up and he had tried other psychics um, to do tours. And their objective was to make money because they'd had some vandalism in the cemetery and the stones were being knocked over and broken up. Can you imagine people's home, be, people's loved ones and it's in disarray. And so uh, I'm just going to do real quick because we have an hour, maybe hour and a half at the most. So anyway, um, he invited me to go down there. It was in July. <laughs> How hot is it in July in Sacramento? Oh my gosh. So it, most of the time, people like myself, we have to really kind of, we have to focus. And if you're profusely sweating, <laughs> Nancy, 10,000 cemetery plots, right? Yeah. And, uh, and the cemetery is acres and acres. And he says, just give me a story. And I go, oh. so of course I picked one close to me and to my left was a woman bent over, laying on the ground, crying. 
that her three babies were buried there. Hmm. And, and this does play into remote viewing because all is combined. And that went around and around. And what he said was, I'm going to investigate what you said. And if you are right, then we're going to plan an event where you can give this tour. We could speak about the same people. And evidently I was because he had said, when I said, there is a lady over there crying, her three babies are there. Well, we went and looked at the stone and sure enough, she was laying on top of the graves where two babies were listed. Mm. And people like me don't ever want to be wrong. And John Betancourt, hmm, you could see him going, oh, I'm sure. <laughs> when she's wrong already, it's the first one. <laughs> So, and this is the late 70s, 90s. It was probably 95, 96. Was that where you were yeah, a student, yeah. Char? Yeah, something yeah. like that, yeah. <laughs> and so I'm going to laugh here. Uh, so we went around. It was terribly hot. And, uh, and I remember thinking, oh, I want to do well for this man because people like me, we have a reputation. We want to do well. And I did well. And he investigated. When you first walk in, go into the cemetery. There's little tiny roads, one lane type of thing. And to the left was the, the house where the people paid and the bathrooms. And just a little further down was the road that led to where I saw her. Now this is right at 10th and 13th street. So during the tour, he would never tell me if I was right or wrong until the tour. And, and he started explaining where the Sacramento cemetery was larger at one time. And where we drove uh, 13th and 8th Street, uh, I think it was 8th Street, it used to be the road itself. And it used to go across the road into where they had a building where the stones were being carved. And he said that when they dug up all the graves, they combined them with other plots of the same family or they reburied them. Mm -hmm. And she had had, this woman had had a, a stillborn. And they had removed that baby and put it into the grave where the other two were. And there was three buried in that plot. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Mm. I made a believer out of him. So I did five and six tours starting July through October for six years. And the only reason I stopped was he passed away. Mm -hmm. And uh, sometimes you wonder why you're chosen to have that ability to talk to somebody. And he ended up dying. But. He told me, he said, you've proven to me that we do live. And he had no fear. Can't get better than that. It was very sudden, pancreatic cancer. And they didn't invite me back. They had made the money they wanted. Um, yeah. That was his gig. You know, I was this spooky little thing that could do this. Um, and it went real well. And I helped a lot of people. So so we we go back there. And you were writing articles. And you kind of followed me around a little bit. It was kind of fun. Oh, and very sarcastic. You were there. just a brat. God. I was, a brat. I was just. You were? I remember when we walked up there and I had talked to Dennis Hawk, who, if nobody knows who Dennis Hawk is, he's like, he, at that time, he was one of the leading paranormal researchers. And he had oh. several books out about Sacramento. And um, I remember him telling me that there were 101 people abducted by aliens in Sacramento. And when I went on the cemetery that year? tour, yeah, and when I okay. went on the cemetery tour, you had 101 people signed up. <laughs> and I looked at my photographer and I went, and they're all right here. <laughs> you know? 
<laughs> oh no! And that was probably July when it was so hot. The first one, the first one I did. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. God. yeah. And I remember looking at my photographer, and, and her eyes got big, and I said, "Look, there's 101 people signed up for the second tour. They're all here." That's Providence. The, the abductees <laughs> are here. <laughs> you know. So did he, did he come also? The fellow that was talking to you? No. Uh, okay, this was just something you decided to do. Yeah. Um, so as far as remote viewing, of course, yeah, that has nothing to do with the cemetery tour. It's the ability to see what's not seen can be seen and rather i'm standing there and looking at somebody which i ha had happened i was in the cemetery they have roads go this way and then that of course the audience can't see me doing this but in each direction and i could see a spirit down the road or down the lane and i knew i would have to go there and there was quite a few and in fact there was a, a congressman tall thin guy he was leaning up against his own big headset the one that got me was the one that was on top of the telephone pole. Oh, that, yeah. The one that's up there. That's the one that right. got me. I thought, man, you're, that, that would be me. I would spend my eternity looking down on people. <laughs> Why do they do what they do? I don't know. But anyway, he was standing there and he told me, he said, uh, my wife's buried here. And of course, John and I had always, no, I think that was new. I think during the tour, he showed me that. And of course, John couldn't wait to jump up there. And sure enough, his wife was buried there, but it was supposed to be only Congress people, only the men. She was the only woman buried there. And he wanted everybody to know that his wife was with him. And and I love that kind of story. Um, but anyway, huh? There's a question in the chat room. Why, don't they, why don't they move on? And do you, uh, do you cross them over? I, I have. Yes, I have. On, on, only a few. Um, especially when I'm asked. Well, it's been more a few. Most of them has passed so that we have spirit and we have ghosts. Absolutely. We have spirits that stay around because they like to. I don't know who I was talking one day, but my friend Karen in Oregon, we're going to come back and haunt each other or we're going to haunt a lot of people. And the word, we'll be spirits, but we're going to be around them. You see the, the joke on Facebook. It says, I'm making my list now because I'm going to haunt all these people. Absolutely. Um, I live up in the mountains currently, and uh, I'm going to go to movies. I would like to see Japan. I would like to go um, a lot of different countries. Um, on I read Facebook posts only because of pretty pictures and cartoons, right? And so someone posted on uh, Board Panda, and I uploaded, I think, of all the beautiful places in the world they want to travel. And there's some really gorgeous places. I am going to be a spirit. I could go to the afterlife or something, but I want to play on earth for a while. I even told my one of my children, I says, don't miss me. I'm not going to be around right away. I'll kiss and hug you, but I'm going to travel. Uh, there's a lady, um, very nice client of mine. I talked to her once a month. Uh, she had a tragedy in the family. So we, we've we been keeping up talking. And uh, her deceased one, I don't have permission to talk about her tonight. So I'll kind of casually say there was a brother that died mm -hmm. and one day she says well where is he where is he where is he and he, he told me that he was in the mediterranean having a life it was the first time anybody's ever said that to me and i went so we have the ability to go back in time be born and then die and then come back and visit our family it's like no. yeah i know crazy no. right now when and my dad she, died remember what happened when my dad died no, I don't remember. Don't Tell me. Want to go to the uh, Great Wall of China and then and see the Yancey Coin River. We got, I, I called you to let you to say, hey, he passed away. My mother and I were having dinner. We finally got you know enough 
energy to have dinner the, the day he died. Oh. You said, oh, he's, he's in China. <laughs> he stayed, he stayed, he stayed Sacramento bound for all of about 20 minutes. And he, was gone. <laughs> he already had his plans where he wanted to go. I love stories like this. I do. So this happened with my friend. And I, like I said, I'd like to tell you a name. I'm going to interview her for a podcast, but, uh, makes me laugh. So the brother said, I'm not there. I'm here. Look at here. And all of a sudden he flooded my mind with a very small, fast ship. And he says, just like Johnny Depp, Pirates of the Caribbean. And he says, I'm in the Mediterranean. And this very short sh ship, and it reminded me of the Nina, the Pina, the Santa Maria, real short, fast. Right. And what was odd, his comment was, I don't like it here. This is not as fun as the movie, Johnny Depp. Okay. And I thought, here's a third person talking about Johnny Depp, right? I love it. And um, so he showed me the ship and it was like really short, like 40, 50 feet. I don't know, 50 feet. And, but it was all black on the outside and it was um, dirty and it was rustic. And, and uh, his comment about Johnny Depp was so strong that I mentioned it to her and she goes, well, I don't know what you're talking about. You're wrong. <laughs> You're wrong. And of course, I, I don't want to be wrong. I'm only repeating what I'm saying, uh, hearing, and I, I can't not say it. And people have reasons about me. Yeah. If you get something and you don't say it, you carry it to your death. <laughs> you got to say it. So we hung up. It was our session was over and she went and called the man's son. Mm -hmm. And they live. She lives here in California. And I forgot East Coast somewhere, North South. South Carolina, and that's a big house, two story with a basement. And the son said, Oh, Auntie, didn't you know he loved Johnny Depp? The whole basement's full of all the posters, all the movie paraphernalia, everything about Johnny Depp. And this girl, this woman had never heard that. And when she got back to me, she was just, Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I need to ask her where that, uh, when it was, because I have MP3s on all the sessions, right? 15 right. years at least, right? So if I could go back, I want to capture her telling me, oh, my gosh, you know, so why would I make it up? It's like unbelievable. When I present something, I could always find it. So in some ways, that is remote viewing. Right. Also, let go me ahead. add something in there about your personality. First, uh -oh. me, first impressions mean a lot, right, guys? So, again, we're back at the first time I've ever seen this, this woman at the cemetery. And I'm talking to her, and you can tell how her personality is, right? So, you know, I'm sarcastic as hell, <laughs> and I hear her go, they're all around us all the time. They really are. There's, then all of a sudden, she, out of the blue, she goes, whoop, there's one right there. She puts her hand up. Whoop, I can't see me. See, you can't see it. Oh, there we go. Whoop, there's one right there. Use <laughs> the other hand. <laughs> yeah. And I looked at my photographer, and I went, oh, my God. You know. I'm so yeah, woo! You know, but once I once I got used to Nancy and the tours, because I ended up going even after once I started to get into like ghost hunting more and more, I would go on these tours outside of work, and I even took my mother. And my mother—that's the first time my mother has had 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 any show, showed any of her abilities—was on one of your tours. Mm. And I remember that, and it was uh, this one area where you said there was a lemon tree. I don't remember that. Yeah, out the cemetery. There was an area where there's a lemon tree. And my mother goes, my mother did not hear you say that because she had gone to the restroom. And then she came back and she goes, oh, my God, I smell lemons. 
So that's when she always started to open up. The lemon tree was there or was that something? I, it was there. And why did I mention lemon tree? Because it was a hanging tree right near it. <gasps> oh, okay. Uh -huh. The hanging tree, I had a, uh, back then we were all using Sony Mavicas. Real, real, like two, two, three megapixels, whatever they were. Everybody on TV had them. So, of course, we were all using them. And I remember um, I would step into one where Nancy said this hanging tree was. I would step into this one area and the camera would not work. Oh, I remember this. And then I would step off to the left and the camera was fine. So, something was going on with that. And he proved that that was a hanging tree when I first, because the man had been murdered there. And I think there was a, a, dot, a sister or girlfriend or somebody of importance because of that. I remember walking over there and it was like walking through what gives me goosebumps right now. How can the energy be there for so long? Mm -hmm. But people stay there so long. Oh, yeah. um, the man who accidentally hurt his son in the knee and the son died. And the man is still leaning again. So you can't see me doing that. Leaning on the. I'm trying to get my hand working. Yeah. <laughs> Where's my hands? So in those years, instead of a little tiny tombstone, they used to build these obelisks going up. And he was standing there after he died. He was still grieving like this. I don't know if he took his life or not, but in some ways, I have a lot of sympathy for these people. Right. And I can't remember if I did this to. God, we're taking it off. We're supposed to. I have a whole thing here outlined of what we want okay, to talk we'll about. Back. We may. Oh, okay. We have time. Okay. This is what we do, you guys. Okay. Just for, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, get me teared up here. This is what we do. Uh, I love this. Anyway, uh, what Char was making reference to, because I saw it and I was going to talk about it, is I said, put your hand up. I don't know if I did that with you. Yeah. And so we walk around the spirit people. There was more and more as a couple hours have passed, we get going. And then more and more spirits would show up. And the question was, why don't they go on? Well, they find us interesting because we still have the flesh. We still have a pulse. We still have thickness. By the way, I'm addicted. I love my hot coffee. It keeps me talking. They can't do that. So I probably will come back, if nothing else, to have another fresh cup because I love the smell. It's not like it's just a coffee. I don't, you know, it's no just creamer. So that's why we come back for hugs for uh my husband puts aftershave on oh my you know it's like woo. <laughs> so those are the things we we miss and i remember uh, the article i wrote again i was very sarcastic and and you had people walking around the cemetery with their palms out you know pointed down and i said here they are out there <laughs> and this was like october this was in july this is for this, this was it was in october yeah okay and i said here there's there's a hundred people out there with their palms extended walking around in pitch black. <laughs> She's not moving around. And I wrote it very sarcastically. Um, I don't remember that so much, but what it is is we get used to the air around yeah. us. Yeah. And we we don't pay attention to it. I do. Um, yeah. and if I walk into a spirit, I'll just pause and back up and go, Who's this? Is this my mom or is this a friend? And I've had friends that recently died and then they come visit me. And that's a whole different story. But anyway, so if you in the audience would put your hand up and think about your palm. <laughs> think about your palm. Now slap it. Oh, intensifies the air around you. Do you feel more or less? But when I put my hand 
if I grab your hand during the walks, I would do this. Feel the air. Think about it. What does it feel like? Now what does it feel like? You feel inflamed, you feel sharp. Put it in tight of a spare person. <laughs> people would, oh, oh yeah. I did it all night long and people would start coming. I don't know if it was a, October. By then I did have two fifty three hundred people. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. A lot of people, especially around October. And then you taught me, because of that, you taught me how to feel for, for spirit kind. And mm-hmm. I have a thing. You guys want to do something really cool, but you got to do it on a real hot day. Drive on the freeway. It's sad and cool at the same time. Roll <laughs> your windows down in your car. You will go through cold spots on the freeway where there has been a fatal accident. <sighs> it's horrible to say, but that's what happens. Or the people step into your car. Yeah, or they step into your car. Or in time slip. So yeah. when I work in Tombstone, Arizona, please, we will go to remote viewing, but it's all kind of connected. Yeah, By the way, all, yeah. Up this I was born with this condition. I've been this way all my life. Um, I have a friend. I worked in Auburn, California, Pacific Bell for 24 years. And this is my 32nd year doing this. Let me see how old is she? Add up the numbers. Like I'm, I'm in my 70s, everybody. Uh, not even the first year. Sad, but true. But anyway, I have this friend in Auburn. <laughs> anyway, I met her in 77. I got so excited, forgot what I was talking about. What were we just saying? I have a question in the chat room. So you're, you're impressing everybody. Jennifer Martin says, I love the way she writes this, okay? Can you demonstrate the hand thing? I might go to the cemetery tonight. <laughs> Listen, you can do it on cemetery tours, and you could do it uh, during the day, walk to a cemetery. And I want you just to stand still, and you're not going to invite a spirit onto you. This is important because I'm, I have a friend named Karen Rothstein, R-O-T-H-S-T-E-I-N, and we're collaborating on, we had today our 33rd or 34th case of a spirit possession. And when you want to go to cemetery to experience this, you want to say, um, I would like to communicate with somebody. I'd like to know that you're here. Can I talk to you and know that you're here? Because an insane person probably wouldn't want to answer you. If you feel all of a sudden, boom, like this, no, you push them off of you. So Karen Rothstein and I are um, dealing with ghost possessions, family possessions, um, attachments, really fun stuff. But you don't want to do that if you go to a cemetery, but you want to be clean. And you want to just say, I'd like to experience somebody here and let you know that I will recognize you and, and we can talk. You can have impressions. <clears throat> and so you just stand still and don't drop your energy. Just be still and feel the air around you. If you feel the presence of, of a cloud, for lack of a bubble, you know, you can't see it. Uh, does it waver and, and <laughs> does it blah, blah, blah. <laughs> You can feel these people like knock right, walk right up to you. And it's kind of awesome. And why they why are they there? It's not for them. Sometimes they just go back to a memory. If they're buried there, it's they go back to remember the family when you had a graveside service. Are they lonely? Are they unhappy? I think it's more of um, reminisce. And I, I'm not saying this is a sad thing because there's spirit people everywhere. Right. 
Right. And if they hear you in that place that they remember seeing their family last, they're going to go. So we're doing these big cemetery tours. And I would start out with a few spirits around us. Mm-hmm. And then as it walked around that huge cemetery, 10,000 burials on the old side where uh, the Fort Sutter, uh, what's that? Mr. Sutter is buried. Right. Uh, right. Right. Really old. 1865 burials. I think he died. Anyway, we'd walk around and I would notice more people showing up. Amazing. And I was mentioning tombs. I lived in Tombstone, Arizona, and I was able to work one whole year. It was very fun. It was an adventure. I really got a lot out. I enjoyed it. But as I walked around, I noticed I was able to do something and I'd label it. Um, I used to see layers of people, decades of different lives. And so I would see different costumes, different people dressing, walking through each other because they didn't see each other. Mm-hmm. And so you could live in a house not knowing there's spirit people also living there. You can go to the cemetery and old spirits could be there not knowing anybody's there, but they're living their life. Mm-hmm. Or you could see new people. Unfortunately, I've done that where people recently died. Rockland Cemetery, I did a tour and a man had gotten killed in June. This was in the fall. And um, I can't remember the girl who organized it. And and I always tell people, if you're going to have me do a tour, make sure someone's there that knows the spots that maybe I would talk about. Don't have all strangers. It doesn't help me. Mr. Bettencourt could answer the questions. So I was there and, and man called me over and I go, what's, what's that? And he says, tell her that I died this way. And he showed me a curve in the road. Uh, Rockland up to Auburn, lots of mountain ranges, uh, curvy roads, and it had been raining. And he said, I didn't purposely kill myself. I slid into the mountain and he shows the rain and it went like this. Well, June, there's not a rain. And the woman come in, she says, that's my, and she says, you're wrong. Well, guess what? She went back, looked at the records and it had rained that night. It was roads were slick. He died in the rain or right after the rain. And she called Kathy, the organizer, Kathy, this is Rockland Cemetery. And Kathy is the organizer. I think she's still part of the cemetery. And she got back to me and said, Nancy, you were right. It was raining. and he slid. And all this time they thought he had committed suicide. Does that make a difference in the life insurance policy? You betcha. <laughs> yes, it does. Betcha. Yes, it does. And that's and why he wanted them to know. Huh? As we're rolling right along through this, you had me so... Okay, guys, everybody everybody that's listening knows that I am afraid of the dark. I've always been afraid of the dark. I sleep with a light on. Lights are on constantly. So Nancy did her tours, and I decided to do the history tour at the, at, at the Old City Cemetery. I took my brother-in-law with me. And, of course, because I'm a photographer, I decided to go wandering off like an idiot. You know, away from the tour. But I'm thinking about all these people that Nancy said are, are wandering around the cemetery. Particularly the the woman in blue that dresses, the, 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 the blue dress that dances. Oh, oh, I remember her. Yeah. What yeah. I didn't realize was that the cemetery took your stories and put people dressed as these people out in the dark recesses of the cemetery. Oh, remember so I, I would do Bettencourt first until yeah. they started dressing up. I remember that. Mm-hmm. So I get out there in this area not knowing this. And I'm walking around taking photos. And I'm thinking, that blue woman's out here somewhere. <laughs> She's dancing around. 
I'm out here alone. I'm I love this. <laughs> and she came from behind a grave. <sighs> and you can hear me all the way to Lake Tahoe. <laughs> I remember this. And I thought, oh my God, Betancourt's never going to let me back in the cemetery. <laughs> I love these. I'm it's sorry, everybody. We're going to talk about ghosts. Yeah, I want to go home. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, I want to add it's connected. Uh, hmm? Woolsey. There's a, there's a grave over there. Right, Mary right. Mm -hmm. I remember seeing the stone. CaliforniaHauntsRadio.org. Or California Haunts. It's not too many California Haunts. CaliforniaHaunts.org. If you go to our website, and there's a bunch of miscellaneous photos. There's a section for miscellaneous photos. I have a picture of Nancy because I used to shoot in infrared with, with, with regular film. It's a barrier process, but I did it. Nancy is standing there. She's like, and she and she's talking. Mary, oh yeah, she's right here. You can see her right here. She's sitting on the edge of the grave. She's got pearls on. She's got a hat on. I got Mary Woolsey. And you can actually see, yeah, you can actually see the pearls around her neck. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But you can see Nancy. I mean, Nancy's standing right there with, you know, doing that hand wave thing she does, you know, and, 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 and yeah. So, I mean, cool. It's cool, cool, cool. Anyway, okay, we're going to get you guys on what we we're going to talk about. Um, so, yeah. So, I wanted, but while we're talking about it, it just occurred to me, how do I do this? Well, we're going to talk about a few things, but I want you to get a pencil ready because I'm going to give you, um, oh, it's been a month. I did a show with Matt Slozer, S-L-O-Z-E-R, and um, Sunday Night Dead. I'll give that to you again. So I want to kind of back up a little bit, remote viewing. The first time I noticed, so I started Spirit of Grace Church, worked with them for 15 years, and I used to do, um, start out for a month psychometry, holding someone's object. Then it occurred to me I wasn't needing it. So the first night there was eight by one or two months, it was 35. And then in two to three months, we had up to 50 every Friday night for 15 years. Hmm. And it was like, it, it kind of helped me um, tighten up my skills so I could shoot my energy to each person over and over and over. It was amazing to some of the things that it's so um, intimidating to have strangers but exciting to have strangers to talk to because every time I have a, a new person, it, it pushed me and it was exciting, not realizing how I was really doing it. Because if I'm talking to Char and she asks about her dog that is not in the room with her or a cousin that lives somewhere else, I can put my mind to her and move to that person. That's remote uh, and more direct. Um, oh, I was going to come up with another, when you hit your 70s, this is what happens. You can do one stream of thought and you get. So I wanted to back up. Uh, so that started in um, 1990. During 92, 93, I had a gentleman call me and uh, I was doing sessions really soon. Um, it was a phone and he was said he was worried about his sister back east. So he gave me her name. And what that means is that when he says her name, we don't realize that we energetically put a piece of our life force to that person and no big mystery. I follow that life force. And when I did, I could see myself in an astral way through the air. And I looked down on her house and I could see her kitchen doing dishes. 
And I, before I went into the house, I looked around and I was like very upset, like, oh no, there's been a big fire. It was burned all around her house. And his name was John. If John hears this, please let me know. Oh, John, your sister's doing the dishes, but there's been a terrible fire there. Her house is fine, but everything's burnt all around. And I was very sympathetic. I was trying to be like sympathetic, right? I was in my early forties and it was hard doing this. And, um, and he says, yes, that's what I was calling you about. I wonder how she's doing. I didn't expect you to be able to see that. I was going to tell you, but it was the first time that maybe I'd been doing it sooner, but that light bulb went on. Like I'm seeing and feeling what's going on. I'm not entering her body to get information and time. I'm seeing the greater picture. And it was kind of like a moment, like it could have happened other times, but this man pointed out to me, oh, there was a big fire and you're seeing that? Like, wow. And I, I kind of kept that as a place in my mind to remember that's call, that's that. Um, there was another time, uh, and I don't think he'll mind, Dr. Boyland, B-O-L-A-N-D. Um, he became a friend of mine. He wrote some articles about me and he's a big name in the paranormal environment. Mm -hmm. And he came to my house and he had taken a trip cross country, but he'd lost some time. And one of the things I'm not going to do this to Shar or anybody I talked to, but I kind of put people at peace by pushing my energy to them. It kind of drops their energy. So they're not scared or upset. All I did was walk him through. I says, tell me where you are, what's going on. And he described um, an event. And that's for you to find out. I can't tell you everything. And I realized that I was seeing what he was seeing before he told me. And that's remote viewing also. You're not in someone's body telling them. You're seeing what they're seeing. That's another form of remote viewing. So one was on the phone whom I couldn't see. And Dr. Boylan was sitting here and I was looking at him. I encrusted him with my life force because he was upset and it was very pleasant. He was a friend of mine. It was everything. It's all good. And then we went through this and uh, he asked me some questions because he had gone cross country to do an investigation. And I was telling him that I put my mind to his travels and this one mountain he asked about, I says, it's hollow. And there's three layers. And there had been this terrible accident and had boom inside there. And he didn't know that. So he took the information I told him and he took it to a friend that investigated this. And, and there had been a terrible bomb explosion and it had blown up inside. Remember, Dr. Bowling, you're going to have to go read up because he mentions me throughout his, his stuff. And that is also another form of remote viewing. Now, even though I mentioned this, we're building up so I can tell you more. Um, is it a mystery that I can do this? I think everybody has hunches, feelings. Um, everybody can tell when your family member is sick or going to call you or you go to the store, you know, the mustard's not going to be on the shelf. You know, your, your favorite mustard is going to be gone. We always have those hunches. I'm taking it next step. I'm putting my mind to something and I always know if the mustard is going to be there or not or go or not. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like, I'm not always on It's just that when I'm going to do something, I just check it out first. Am I scary? Uh, my husband's used to me. 
you know, mere 21 years. He's kind of like, mm, you know, no big deal. Um, with Matt Slosier, we did a, um, a ghost show. And uh, I was going to mention this to you. Um, Larry's got this ghost thing going on. And so we want to talk about it. So anyway, Matt Slosier, S-L-O-Z-E-R, uh, it was titled, a, There's a Ghost in My House. And these people called in. I never saw their name. Um, I never saw the question, but Matt would say to me, uh, someone wants to know this person's first name and they're in what state, only because it's fun to know where people are. Canada and Europe called in. That was very fun. Um, and uh, they want to know who's around them. So I could blend with that person and open my eyes and then look around them. And the spirit people would come into that field that I create. And it was quite amazing. Um, the only entry, someone, there was 280 some people watching. If you go to that show, there's a ghost in my house, uh, Matt, M-A-T-T, Slosier, S-L-O-Z-E-R. And look there, Monica has written in there, um, thank you, Matt, Nancy. I was shocked to hear that Nancy saw my dad by me pass in 2015 and described him perfectly. Wow. And, and that's scary. But if you just relax and allow the flow, <clears throat> why would I lie to somebody? Why would I create anything? Mm -hmm. It's just what I see. And yes, I was born this way, but everybody can develop it. And that went on for, we were going to have an hour show like tonight, we may go longer. We went for an hour, ended up being an hour and 40 minutes because so many people called in and wanted to know who was around them. The other one that I remember that was quite significant is someone back Northeast, Pennsylvania. And um, I have never traveled there. Uh, yes, it would be nice. Um, I was on a cruise ship from um, Ottawa, somewhere up there, uh, went through New York and everything, but I didn't get to go into many states. Anyway, um, beautiful time of year, October, everybody go there and watch colors change. Anyway, this uh, gentleman called in and asked about his house, his family, who was around him. And I think I gave him an answer. Then as I backed out of his house and talking to him, for some reason, I felt like I needed to back out and lift into the air. And when I did, I saw the front door and to my, you could see I'm trying to, went to the front door to the right. And I saw a whole row of shadows of people. I'm going to be really right or really wrong. And of course I saw it, so I have to say it. So there's the shadows of people in like an arc. And I get goosebumps just talking about it. And I said, I need to share this with you. I don't know what it means, but you need to be aware. You have spirit people on your property. Does it mean they're ghosts? Not necessarily, but if they knew or know, because they have access to time that I'm going to be talking to you. So there are all these shadows and they're all lined up and they're surrounding the front door to the right and to the rear. I said, Matt, ask him, of course, we did on the air, have him type in what that means. And he says, I'm near a coal mine and there was a disaster and a bunch of men got killed. Well, it wasn't very far from his house because I saw them all line up. It doesn't mean they're haunting him. It means they want to be recognized. So more than not, people are just, I'm a spirit person. No one saw me for a while. I'm going to go around to where they're doing investigations and show up. And most of the time it's that, 
that reminds me, there was another time you said wallpaper. Cher calls me up, we're doing this investigation, tell me where to go. And uh, we've done a lot. And I said, this is one of the ones you may remember. I says, um, go upstairs to the left and take a right turn. Yeah. There, go in the door and you're going to see a rocking chair and an old man is sitting there. You know, Char is going to do that. She goes up the stairs, takes the left, then takes the first right, goes in there and, oh, there's a chair and it's rocking. Rocking <laughs> chair, it's moving. And I hear Shark, oh, God damn it. <laughs> Do you remember that? It was pretty incredible, some of that stuff. And what you guys got to remember, too, is as far as remote reading goes, too, with her, I want you in residentials. I will, well, I used to send her a photo of the front of, of the front of the building, and that's all she get. No address, no nothing. She didn't know where the place was located, or anything. And she would do a read off of that, and she would send me these detailed maps of what way to walk in the house, and you know where the kitchen was, and where the where the cabinets were, and all. That. It was incredible, you know, when you started to go through these places. And then there were the times too that I didn't have a psychic on scene, so she would read through me. Mm-hmm. She would use my eyes. Yep, yep. And then kind she get cool. frustrated because she go, "Don't you see him? He's right in front of you." I'm like, "No." Put the camera there. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and I've and George um, Port Orange Paranormal um, was the first time we Char found out that George Lopez of Port Orange Paranormal was doing a investigation on air. And that was in 2011. Gosh, you made me think of this. Yeah, 2011. And what you don't remember this? I do. Yeah. And uh, she called me. She said, Nancy, I'm calling. So I called in and they were doing an investigation of a ghost town. And um, I put my mind to it. And I was able to describe buildings. And I walked in one and to the left was a potbelly stove. And to the right was the front room. And beyond that was the... Um, the bedroom and out the front door to the left was a, a big tree where someone had buried a knife from a murder. And then I went through the town and George went, I can remember George going, how's she doing this? You know, she didn't even know what town we were talking about. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't have to know. I just know someone talked to me. I go to their voice and then I step out of the body and I can travel in that location. And uh, I did with you and him a lot, but then we went on and did more. In fact, Matt Soldier, if I pronounce it correct, S-L-C-E-R, was one of the people there. And so that's how I connected to him all these years later. Um, but that was really a lot of fun. People go, ooh, how do you do that? And I go, well, if I knew, I'd sell it to you for a nickel for sure. But I think it's just practice. And I've done it for so long. Uh, in 2011, I started 90s, so that's a lot of years to be able to manipulate manipulate my energy field. Yes, someone just thought this. It's very tiring. Uh, I've been an I have been an athlete all my life. Um, health issues for the last 10 years, off and on. As you get older, things pop in. So I'm not able to talk eight hours again like I used to. Um, it was. Uh, it's exciting to think that this is possible. And I never say to myself, oh, maybe I can't do that. What I say to myself is, oh, a new adventure. <gasps> Look at where I get to go now. And there is no limit to that. Mm-hmm. In fact, one of the 
you can always bring up another one if you think of it. There was one incidence where we were going to a house, it was George and another individual, <clears throat> Mike possibly, or Bob. Anyway, they were going through this house and uh, there was a woman, a couple men, and one of the mans all of a sudden had this attachment on his chest. And I go, oh, dang, you know, it's like, and, um, and also this man had said something about not feeling good. And I went, and I said to the guy, I says, oh, we just got an attachment to his chest. That's, that's got to come off. I put my mind to it and I pushed the attachment through his body, out his wing bone, his left, his right wing bone. I just pushed it out mm -hmm. and I go, okay, he's gone. Not the guy, but the attachment. And so of course he's going to say, uh, well, how do you feel now? Uh, and the guy says, you know, I feel really good now. And he said, Nancy, just pushed that an entity off of you. Really? Wow. And that's another form of remote viewing where you see something. If I can go with my life force and go to those locations, it doesn't mean that I can't also push on something. Right. I started doing that with spirit of grace and People say, well, how do you do this? How do you do that? And I'd say, first off, I don't like being a medical intuitive. I can give you my impressions, everybody. I cannot die. I don't want to diagnose. I'll get myself in trouble. But times I've done it, especially with doctors, I've told them about their patients. I go, blah, 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 blah. And they go, how can you do that? I says, I, I entered. So backing up a little bit, I took art. I went to college. I took marketing, business, art classes. And I had to study anatomy. And when you study anatomy, you learn how the body works and where things are. So an energy being like myself that maneuvers, think about your hand, hand. <laughs> I think about that person. I think my energy to be a hand. And one of the big groups, I'm sorry, I got the sniffle, I started laughing. Sorry. So we're doing this group of people, Spirit of Grace, Citrus Heights, California. And one of my friends ended up being a really close friend, Susan. She had a very upset stomach. And, you know, I can't eat pizza anymore. Like, oh, darn. And I put my mind to it. I went to her and I squeezed her stomach and she had, she just didn't know I was doing that. I went, and she belched and she felt great afterward. There are things you can do with your energy besides just looking around where you are. Uh, one of George Lopez's show, uh, they wanted to know what I could do. That was kind of fun. There was two things we did. Uh, first off, before I got on, he asked the audience, let's see if we can test Nancy. Yeah, right, right. Let's go there. And they came up with some names of people they wanted me to try to find. And, uh, and they said, just tell us who you want to talk about. And immediately picked up Jackie Onassis in New York. And I didn't know it was her. But she looked like 30 years old and she had a 25 years old. She was young walking her dog. And I, they said I even sounded like her. Now, how do you do that? Um, they already called her, her mind. Oh, someone's calling me. Oh, who is this? You know, and so she would create an environment that she enjoyed. And I guess she walked her dog in New York. I, I didn't know that. Um, would love to have met her. So anyway, so they did that two or three times with me and it's not a test because if I, I get what I get and I don't get what I don't get. Mm -hmm. And I never, I, I don't challenge that. 
Um, I want to go back to remote viewing. Mm-hmm. We are talking about this. Yeah. Um, <laughs> RV, as it's called, <laughs> it's putting your mind to this. Um, and of course, Wikipedia does have a, um, a couple of things on here. The term was first suggested by Ingwa Swan in December 1971 right. during an experiment at the American Society of Cycle Research in New York City. I, I didn't know that. I know the name, Ingwa Swan, S-W-A-N-N, if you want to look it up. And I guess it's a form of seeing what's not seen, one of my favorite expressions. Hmm. And remote viewing experience have historically been criticized for lack of proper controls and repeatability. There is no scientific evidence that remote viewing exists, and the topic of remote viewing is generally regarded as pseudoscience. I love that word. Really? What am I? (laughs) What am I doing? So uh, my friend Karen called me today and she says, I have a client. Remember, this is my 33rd or 34th possession. And if I brought up some of the ones I've done, you would go, oh, really? But all these people have identities. No one we make up. So this young man is having uh, drinking issues and he has spirit attached to it. How am I going to see that? Well, I went to him. I backed out, and with a different pair of eyes, I put my energy around his form, and it didn't go around his back or his front smooth. It bellowed out, and I said, ooh, who's that? (laughs) And the spirit man looked at me, and I go, I see you, and he's clutching on this guy. And this guy, I'm not going to say more, but he has issues, and the issues are not his. They are the spirits. Now, that's a form of remote viewing. There was a fun movie come out a while back, and it's called The Men Who Stare at Goats. Get it. It's fun. When I saw it, I didn't see it at the I don't go to movies very often. So when it came out in 09, it had um, George Clooney um, and Erwin McGregor, uh, Jeff Bridges, and it was hilariously fun. And what it was was the government was trying to teach or train um, the military peoples um, mm-hmm to go in the field or remotely affect a living being by stopping their heart. Don't ask me to do that. That scares me. If I can squeeze someone's stomach, I can do more. Mm-hmm. I don't like that. And I'm, I, people know me. Um, I do not have a temper. Um, and I suspect I do this as easy as I do. Um, you know, I, I'm very easy. So easy going. Um, and anyway, uh, the film is about these men trying to do this. Um, so the goat was the potential victim, which would have been their dinner anyway. So right. the goat no longer night life because it was going to be their dinner. It is hilarious. The men who stare at goats, a 2009 film. Um, in the early nineties, I actually had a client who came to me. And at the time I had no idea. She said, I'd been. She had a, a forename, but she spoke English really good. And she had been selected because of her ability to be in psychic. And I don't know why for sure why she sought me out or talked to me as though to see what I could say or if I had also been a victim of them. And, and I guess this public didn't know the military had a secret place where they sent psychics and they were training to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wish I could give you more about that. I feel really bad. 
and she's listening. I apologize. At the time I says, I don't know what I can tell you. This is a terrible thing you went through, but it was real because what she wanted from me, was it okay that she had to do this? Was it okay? Was it anybody I could talk to to get back at them because she felt like she was mistreated? So I do know, personally know that she was. Alzheimer's in Greece with the evil eye could make goats drop dead. Oh, I love that. That's it. That's it. How interesting to use the word goats, just like in that movie, the men who stare at goats. Yeah. I love that. Thank you, sweetie. <laughs> and you know, it's a humane way versus a bullet in the brain. If it's someone could do it really, um, meant animals, because mm -hmm. we do still eat animals. I, I have to admit, I still eat chickens and mm -hmm. once in a while fish. So I'm quasi veterinarian, but, um, that's a whole different show, but it is tiring to do this. Um, I can't do it all day. I could not work at a slaughterhouse and quietly kill all the animals one at a time. Cause you remember it's my hand creating an image. And sometimes you can see me when I talk to people, I'll feel them and I'll be doing, uh, doing reading and I'm doing something like this. And I'm actually feeling the energy. Does that mean I can do healing? Um, I don't know if I do or not. I do know that people talk to me and I'll do a session with them. And at the end they say, Oh, I feel so good. Oh, I feel like I go out and go shopping and run around and, you made me feel emotionally healthy, but they feel physically healthy. Well, thank you, honey. You just took a bucket full of my life force. <laughs> but it is an interest, interesting exchange of life force because I go to somebody, I don't get it all back. Mm -hmm. And that's why you hear psychics say you have to cleanse yourself. You have to protect yourself. Yes, there's something to do doing with that. Um, I've done uh, ghost investigations. I've done rescues. Um there was a show I was part of and they recorded me going into someone's house. It was in Tucson, Arizona, and the woman had died. And uh, when I, I just walked through the house, I knew exactly where it was. And they go, where's she going? She, and they, and I went right to that room that she died in. And they go, how did you know that was the room? Right. And her spirit was still there. She was stuck. And through the wall, I know you can't see where I'm going to my left and up a woman was coming through she was not necessarily going through the wall because it didn't exist for her but she was trying to get the dead woman's attention so they gave me the dead woman's name and i was very very soft i said hello and i said her name i says what are you still doing here you know this there's a lovely lady and i described her why don't you go with her why are you still here and that's what you have to do with these if you get someone's name um i hear a click i don't know if someone's taking a picture <laughs> click um take a picture um get a name rather of the people that you're speaking to and and speak to them and say well hello darling or dear be soft and gentle why are you still here uh there was a ghost investigation i did in tucson arizona again and someone invited me to go along because they knew they had seen me at some big event and walked in the house and there was a short uh wider woman older middle-aged uh, pioneer lady. And she had come into this house. She didn't belong, she didn't belong to the house of the property. She had just caught up and she just loved this woman and her teenage girls just loved it. And she come in and I looked right at her and she went, <gasps> and, and she got real angry. Well, don't you don't, 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 don't do. And I said, I'm not going to make you leave. Mm -hmm. I just want to know if you're safe. Is it okay that you're here? You're not going to hurt the girls. 
And all of a sudden I felt the room go, they just wanted to meet you. They want to know who you were. They could sense you, but they didn't know who you were. So the teenage girls were right there and I could hear, oh, they they wanted her to stay. Why did mom call this old woman to come over and talk to us? And uh, and clearly she was a pioneer woman. Does that make her a ghost? No, not really. Um, a ghost, that's another topic for another day. These are spirit people and they're everywhere. Did I not say that earlier to you? There's people I was just thinking everywhere. Of Huh? I was just thinking of, I don't remember if it was the Hotel Leger or the Hotel in Volcano, and you saw an outbuilding. And I asked the owners, they didn't know anything about it. And they finally went back through some old paperwork, and there had been an outbuilding on this hotel. On the side of the house? Yeah, but you, right had right. Seen, you had seen this outbuilding out there, and they, you know, and they were standing there going, oh, no, she's wrong, she's wrong. I know it's not, you know, there was never an outbuilding there, there was never an outbuilding there. And sure enough, once they did the research, yeah, there was an outbuilding there. Now, was that, remember the time we went in ghost investigation and it was an old town and we slept in the hotel? Yeah. Well, I, uh, she had us break up into groups and I followed two ladies who owned a house across the street and down the main boulevard. And I was talking to them and there was other people, like I said, the whole town was involved with this ghost investigation. There was groups in different houses. And I was standing there and all of a sudden I saw a caravan come through <laughs> the front part of her house and there was a lot of Oriental people, covered wagons. And these people, they went from the right, I'm in the house looking at the front door to the right, to the left, they were walking. There was a big old line of them. And I went, and I asked and evidently there had been a Chinese camp. And I don't remember more, but they didn't know that. Right. Um, someone had to find that out. So what I'm doing is, whether it's remote viewing or not, could be called that. I'm seeing in different time frames. There are spirit people everywhere. If they see you and you see them, it's now. If right. you don't see them and they're doing their life, you're seeing them then. Now, how's that possible? When they someone says, "Oh, what you do is it's not real. It's not real." Well. I was on Armstrong and Getty, uh, Armstrong and Getty three to four times because I was real. Uh, I went once a uh, big psychic fair in town and they had uh, a woman they were going to do. Remember, if you can talk to people and talk to animals. So she didn't show up. So they said, well, you got to get down here. So I went down to the station or did I call in? No, I went down the first time and and subsequent I went they, on the show. And that's that morning show that everybody enjoyed so much. And I called in and they were asking me about uh, dogs and cats. And I ended up talking about everybody's dog. And that, remember, they're there. The animal is at their house. So I would go to their home, which they would remember. Uh, who's your dog? What's your dog's name? So they would put their mind to that animal. And I would follow them. And I was able to give them a lot of description where the dog was hiding. One lady, I says, oh, he loves your closet. He loves your shoes. And if you're not careful, he's going to chew them all up. Well, guess what? He already had. And that was one of the contentions with this one dog, that one side of the closet in where the shoes were. And he was always going to go there. And she says, how do you know that? I says, no, it's nothing. I just, you know, he's telling me that's his choice place. Mm -hmm. And every time you're gone, if you leave that door open, he's going to get in there. 
So that's kind of like a remote viewing. I'm hoping I'm covering what I wanted to talk Question about. From the chat room is what's the difference between a spirit person and a ghost? Turmoil, um, bad death, bad betrayal. If you die, I'm going to do a show on how not to be a ghost. So I'm going to summarize it. I think that most of us have good lives. I think so. But say you regret. You have apologies to make. Um, you created your death. Uh, you betrayed your family by doing something like that. Or you, you committed a crime and you were punished for it. There's people that cannot go on because they're afraid of dying. They're afraid of the death taking them to hell, taking them to purgatory. However, What Dreams May Come was one of the best movies I saw, not for all the beautiful scenery, but right at the end when he Robin Williams finds his wife, uh, their children have been killed in a car accident. A few years later, he gets killed. A few years after that, the wife takes her life. And what it is, is ghosts get frozen in a, in a time loop, or they get frozen with fear. They get frozen with anxiety. They come frozen with, with regret. And you can't get past that. So in the movie, What Dreams May Come with Robin Williams, look it up. It's aesthetically gorgeous. If you see it, nothing for the artistic they must have won awards that year. I don't remember what year it was. Or for Robin Williams, because he's fabulous in it. At the end of the movie, he finds his wife in a replica of the house that they shared together. But it was dark. It was dilapidated. It was the color of charcoal, where the rest of the movie had brilliant colors. She had created a bubble of her regret. Her regret was self-imposed, but not true of what would she have done different. She had no control. The control was not hers that these people got killed. In car accidents, she had nothing to do with, but she couldn't let that go. That is how, that's a ghost. Now, there are people who are ghosts that roam where they died. Same reasons though. Um, Selfishness, uh, regret. Uh, Yeah, you'll talk about somebody, oh, there was a ghost or spirit, and look, he's hurting us. He's He's time with the equipment, da 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 da. You have mischievous spirits. Mm-hmm. And it's a ghost. Ghosts are eventually ill. And I'm going to put myself on the limb. It may get me in a lot of trouble. I'm not positive about demons as much as mentally insane ghosts. There's the level of ghosts. Oh, I had a crappy life, but I did more to other people. I'm afraid to go on because God's going to get me or I'm going to have to go to hell. Yuck. That's a ghost. Then we have ghosts that are really bad people. In your world, think about really bad people. Yuck. They're going to be really bad people over there unless they get salvation. <laughs> unless they do something that purifies who they think they should be and who they are. If they die and they haven't done that, guess who's going to be a ghost and a nasty ghost? And they can get worse. There's a client on the East Coast. I've been careful, everybody. If you talk to me, I've got to be careful not to say your name. Nice man. He's been a client of mine for a lot of years. And a neighbor of his died. And he told him how and what happened. And he had gone bicycle ride with his son. 
and he was 50, 50, early 50s, got into the driveway. The son jumped off his bike to go in the house. The man jumped off his bike and he wasn't in his body. Guess what happened? He had a massive heart attack and died right there. And he could not get back in his body. It was so stressful. It made my arms bad, bad. And my friend went to, remember, if you know me for years, you're going to tune in. You're going to get to see people too. He couldn't see, my client friend couldn't see this individual, but he could hear them. At the funeral, he was a pallbearer. This man, careful, I don't want to scare people, was pacing in front of his coffin, yelling at everybody, I'm not dead. You're burying me and I'm still alive. <gasps> Ooh, is he a ghost because he was bad? Wrong? Did he do? No. He couldn't accept his death at 50. He was leaving his wife and children. He was the breadwinner. It was so traumatic for him that he couldn't give up. Mm -hmm. Right? So this friend, I can't mention the dead man's name or my friend, it really bothered him. He was able to hear something so traumatic. I'm hearing my neighbor yelling at the audience, the group, the church, the temple. And it didn't stop there. So then there was what we call the backyard um, event. So they then at the church, then they had the burial, then they, a week or later, then they came to see the family at their house and bring meals and all that stuff. And he was walking through there with grandmother following, which my friend knew the dead grandmother or the mother following this guy trying to get his attention. Another year goes by. The wife has found somebody else. Oh, wow. Oh, Guess what? Now that man is in the house following not only her, but him. A while later, I see the same man. And this is kind of like, let your spouse go on. If you're going to die, give them permission because you want them to be happy. Mm -hmm. He ended up looking like the Adams family. The guy who answered the door, uh, what was it? Lurch. Lurch. Vision that tall, lanky, his head was bowed, and he was just doing this with his eyes closed. And he was in a closet waiting for people to go by so he could step out of the closet. He was so frozen in his regret, he became the ghost. Ooh. When I put my mind to him, I'm almost hoping as I think of this, I don't want him to show up here because what happens when I did some rescues, I was doing rescues in the nineties and that's very tiring. And I asked a rescue once, why are you coming to me? Cause he was on a canoe of all things. So we're, you're on a river somewhere. And he says, you have a bright light. I have a light. How does that work? I don't got to question it. And it's not like I dim my light but I can't help everybody. Mm -hmm. And the people that are in the canoe are the same thing over and over and over. Mm -hmm. They are ghosts, but they're not malicious. So we have a spirit guy. I am all happy. I am, 
I made it. I'm alive. I'm going to go to Hong Kong. I'm going to Malaysia. I'm going to go to Australia. I'm flying in and out of time. I'm busy. My family kissing my wife, my husband on the cheek. I'm hugging all my grandchildren. That's not a ghost. That's a guy having a good time after his, in his afterlife. Then you have people pass over fear, regret. I did wrong. I couldn't apologize. I really meant to do this. Um, I should have done better. You can create yourself to be a ghost. So I'm going to do a whole show. Well, Char, I, I have a channel, Nancy Matt Psychic Medium. Uh, you type it in there. You know what I look like. That's what I look like on the screen. So I have on there, I've done other podcasts. No one's figured out how to roll the podcast over to my site. But I've been doing more and more. So if you watch that, if you subscribe and subscribe to Char's because I'll be on over and over. And we are going to be covering a lot of things. Matt Slozier, S-L-O-Z-E-R. I'll be on his shows. So Karen Rossi eventually will be talking about spirit attachment, ghost attachment, like the gentleman today with his alcohol issue. So we're kind of opening up because it's time. When am I going to do it? When I'm 80? So we're going to be, I'm going to jump in and this is so fun. I just love thinking that you're listening to these stories and I'm the queen of stories. Everybody will say, Nancy's got stories. You know why I have stories? Because I only talk about 30, 40, 50. Shara, one day I said, was it you, Shara, I was talking to you? I wonder how many people I've talked to over 32 years. Yeah, long time. Bunch. Jennifer Martin has a question, and that's along the line of what you were just talking about, was um, what about when the person absolutely doesn't want to die but had no choice? He's going to hang around for a while. Yep, yep. Now, uh, how do I word this? I've had more spirit people tell me, I mean, like tens, because people ask me to talk about who greeted them at death. One of the things I do, which is kind of strange, is I can see who greets you at death. Don't ask today. <laughs> do not ask me. But ask about your relatives all day long. So there was a, a fella, Michael, and he's been a longtime client. He was on the East Coast. Now he's in Canada and uh, with his family on a ranch, uh, TV show, big deal with horses. Anyway, um, the family found out about me and I talked to his aunt, Nancy, in Wisconsin. And I'm going to put her in a book. This is amazing. And she was dying of cancer. And I really liked the lady. Like, oh, Nancy. Oh, not her. Because I like talking to her. And he said to me, well, Nancy, who's going to greet him? Greet her. And I saw her deathbed scenario. And the man I saw, tall, lanky. You never even heard that that uh, scarecrow look. <laughs> and Michael says, oh, that man's still alive. That's so-and-so. Well, Nancy died about seven or eight weeks later. But guess who died first? That guy. He did. He turned right. Oh, goosebump time again. Ah! So I got the goosebumps all over again. Um, he greeted her. And Michael called me back. She died. And guess who died two weeks ago? It was the man I described. That's why you don't want to ask me. Right. But you asked me about your relatives. And I can do the visual. I can't come up with names. It feels like a mother. I'm gonna, but I'll see them. And like I'd see wallpaper. How do I do that? Um, how do I see the rocking chair going back and forth? How do I see what, what hotel was it that had... Um, uh, a colonel and a, 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 the general 
Uh, oh, Joe hotel. You saw General Grant. Uh, I saw a man on a horse in front, General Grant. Yeah, did General I, Grant. Did I, did I see a ghost or did I see him when he was there? I saw him when he was there. Right. I don't know. Right. Yeah. And I said, oh, you won't believe this. It looks like General Grant's in front of the house, uh, hotel. And she goes, oh, yeah, I'm right. Well, here's <laughs> the deal. Come here. I want to ask a question. <laughs> Along that line too, here's the deal. When I was when, when Nancy was working with us, uh, what I would do was I would have Nancy do the remote read on the building. And then I would have my field psychics go in on the night of the investigation. I would not tell them what Nancy got. Okay. So this is how I was this is how I was verifying what, what Nancy was saying because ninety eight percent of the time my field psychics were seeing the same things that Nancy saw. So it was really cool. And that's how I was validating everybody. Because I would cross-validate like three different psychics on these investigations. <laughs> I'm glad you didn't tell them ahead of time. No, 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 that's no, not, no. That's not fair. Pamela says... Well, Nancy said what? <laughs> Pamela says, from how far can you can, can you do a remote from? Um, I have a regular client in Singapore, regular client in England, Italy, Cyprus, um God, South Africa. So it doesn't matter. Um I'm trying to think. I have Canada too. I have just about every a lot of different countries tap into me. Uh the Greece was hard if you're foreign language, if you're writing in because you want to know. If you have relatives like in Greece, this happened to me. Um, he wrote a letter, uh, uh wrote down his questions. And a relative who could read English and speak English to me was asking questions about his, uh, it was right, right long one. He was an owner of a vineyard or something. He was, had a lot of questions. I guess other people in the family had talked to me or something. And I was able to describe things that he knew I wasn't making up. And it, he couldn't speak any English at all. So it really doesn't matter what language, as long as I could, someone can talk to me in English. Um, I don't hear real well. I do have problems with hearing. As long as you talk to me like we're talking, mm -hmm. you have a heavy accent. It's really hard on my ears. Um, I just had a lot of ear infections and, and accents sometimes trip me up. That's it. Okay, another question. Does Nancy does Nancy uh, see, does Nancy deal with family curses? Mm. Um, I've only had a few. Um, I'm not putting a lot of power to that. The power is actually the victim. If the victim feels like that's possible, they're going to create the curse to continue. The one who puts the curse out in a heated moment, if that person finds out and trusts that person, they're going to carry that curse with them. So it's the self-imposed poison. Look, Think of it that way. Interesting. I remember my dad being Hungarian. He would put gypsy curses on people. <laughs> if he told those people, right, then it could Whether work. It worked or not, you know. He would right. be going, you know, and I put it. would be satisfying to him. I'm oh, gonna fix oh, that yeah. stuff again. Yeah. Put a curse on that person. It makes him feel good. But if yeah. you don't tell the person, and then of course life is life. Right. And if you put a curse on a person, and life happens to that person. There's tragic. Oh, it worked. Da 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 da. -da. But I can't feel it. If I can't feel it, and I'm going to be careful how I word this, I'm energy. I feel things. So when, and please, I have friends that do this. 
I can't feel astrology. I know the moon affects pregnant women. Mm-hmm. Yes, the tides do affect us. So astrology incorporates a moon aspect. I have friends, I just, Karen Rothstein, she likes looking at those pretty cards. I do too. But when you talk about Pluto affecting us, I can't feel it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm right here with this. Uh, numerology, astrology, um, the tarot cards. The tarot card is a trigger for your psychic to get an answer. That not necessarily gives you the answer. So it only collaborates with what you already think you know. So I had a reading by a well, lovely lady 25 years ago. It was fun. She was uh, not a student of mine. It was just someone at the, and she just learned the cards. And I thought, well, I'll just sit down and let her practice on me. Right. And she was absolutely reflecting what the card said, because on the back of the card, that's what it said. Didn't, you know, I never went, I never told her though. She ended up being a really good friend. Mm-hmm. Um, the psych, uh, Sacramento Psychic Fairs. Um, can't tell you what it is. I, I'm okay with it. But when you use the cards enough, that card allows you to have the question. And if you were sitting with somebody or you're doing a reading, you blend with that person, you do get the answer. Mm-hmm. I just don't work that way. I love the cards. They're pretty. Ah, I have a few decks just because I like the artwork. I don't do it because if you thought I'm going to use cards in my astrology, then what I pick up with their mind in your time is not necessarily what's going to happen. When I do a reading, I'm actually blending with you, entering people with, who are very intuitive or sensitive. They can feel me off their upper shoulders, especially around the neck, right in front. Time is at the base of your neck. I go down about that far, then I slide in time. Use time in a flash and go back. Generations, if you want. Um, I had a fellow call from back east somewhere. He's trying to do genealogy. And he told me what town. And I said, you will find more relatives by going south, second exit. You'll find a village there. And he worked there and he was a cobbler. Guess what? Right down, right there. And all I did was enter time. I could go back generations. That is not so hard. Going forward generations is harder. Because I've done this every day for 32 years, I'm now privileged to see three lives ahead of me. Being a woman is tough. So the next two may be men. I would have been a man a lot because in the past, I think this lifetime I'm choosing to do this job happens to come in a female form. Thank you very much. I'm very feminine. I love beautiful things. And, um, but being a woman is hard. So the next two lives I see as men. In the future, three, 400 years, I see myself as a woman. And in the future, we won't have homes like we have here. There'll be dug out mountains. And we may not live on the plains of Serengeti. We may not live in the plains of New York. It'll be easier, climate-controlled, interior structures. And I have a place I'm looking out, and the flying cars are everywhere, and glass walls on mountains and hills and dales. And I, I suspect that's three, 400 years in the future. I'm always inventing things. And what I think is happening is I'm not inventing. I wish I'd take credit. I'm just seeing something already invented, but it's not here yet. Uh, does it is it harder for you when because we, we had done the the Murphy's bath I don't know what that place is called that bathroom supply place that time and you said that you had seen you were looking at multiple um times was that upstairs we were going down we were downstairs and I saw the the 
people living there and they would go upstairs. Was that yeah. it? You were seeing multiple times. Is it hard when you see multiple generations like that? You know, multiple eras. No, I can't even stop it. I can go anywhere. And if I turn that, allow myself. I'm not always turned on. People say, oh, you got to control that. You can't be. A... I just, like I said, I've been doing it for so long. Before I even got in this in 1990, May 4th, 1990, a couple of days, it'll be 32 years. Um, if I say, uh, I wonder what's here. Boom. I just look around and go, oh, <laughs> I see all kinds of people. Right. Okay. Old 1940 cars. I just thought of my town here, Wairika, and I saw 1940s cars all of a sudden. So it's fun and I get a big kick out of it. Mm -hmm. uh, I try not to see disasters. I don't want to see them go in the future. I don't want to do that. I never look back and try to see a disaster. Uh, I am a human being, a mom you know, loving. I don't want to see that hurts me. Um, I got real involved uh, with the Jocelyn uh, tornado. In fact, my first book, The Unwilling Sacrifice, not my first book, my third one, uh, Jocelyn uh, tornado was in 2004. I think about that time. And I somehow got on a TV station where they were talking, interviewing people. Yeah. Oh yeah. That one. Anyway, um, the, um, I started listening to the people talking and I don't know, we've had a lot of disasters, but somehow I clicked into those people mm -hmm. and I, I found myself seriously grieving. And I think we live our life, not putting our mind to people. Oh, that's a tragedy over there, but we've become callous mm -hmm. and hardened to all the violence and the death of COVID 972,000 people. Now we don't even blink at Oh, someone else died. Well, well, and it's terrible, but I did that time. In fact, I started the book out with her underneath the rubble of her house from the from the Joshlin uh, tornado. I centered it in that area and her husband was killed. And then she moved to Washington state to be with family. And that's where the mystery of the, of the book is there. The supernatural ending and the buildup to that. Ooh, I dreamt it, everybody. It's impossible. How do you do that, Will? I guess I, I dreamt my book being done. I don't know. It's going to be three books. And life has gotten in the way. Um, recession. Um, I had some illnesses and I'm um, fine now. But everything gets in the way. So it's, everything's been postponed a little bit. Um, his sacrifice is, is who she marries in this book. Mm -hmm. Our sacrifice is everybody's, is everybody else. Um, so there's going to be three of them eventually. All right. This has been fun. Any other questions? I don't see anything else out there. I hope I, you know, I hope I um, give enough on remote viewing. How do you do that? Um, I think you need to practice to become intuitive. You need to allow yourself the privilege and the excitement of being able to be intuitive. You need to practice and control the energy that you have. You have to build your energy. Like I said, been an athlete all my life. Even now at this age, I do work out. I work hard. And so when I tell people how old I was, I'll be 74 next month. And people go, whoa, 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 wait a minute. And I says, that's because I'm physically active. And I try to I keep up my energy field. And um, you, if you want to be a good reader, you've got to be able to put that energy. When you talk to somebody, put your energy to them. Enter time. It's right here. Mm -hmm. And trust. 
I've said this to Shar, I say it to everybody, I cannot believe what I got. And I'll say to somebody, I can't believe I said that. Wow, I was going to be right or really wrong. Mm -hmm. And then I'll say to somebody, wow, that was a head turner. Whoa, I mean, I said that every day, every client is exciting to me. It's awe-inspiring. How can this be possible, let alone that we survive? Do you know, in 32 years, we think of all the psyche fairs I've done every month, almost every week for 15 years. I moved out of state to get a rest. And then we had the recession, duh. You know, so <laughs> the timing wasn't good. But I got to a place where I was worried about my health. And, and I did come down with something. Uh, I was out of state for about three years and I came out with Graves' disease. I was diagnosed with it a few years later. So it did wear me down. It, and they say psychics who overdo, like Edgar Casey out of Virginia Beach, he did die and young in 1945 from overexertion from doing this. But I bet you every session as he's getting done, you're hungry for the next person because you get a life. You get to experience different cultures, different people. And you're excited because you can't believe you're getting this. And when I talk to people over the phone, I had this lady tell me once, I don't see color. I don't see nationality. I don't see location. Doesn't matter to me. So when I, and most of you say, gosh, she looks dark. I do have a red and red, uh, a yellow complexion because my family, American Indians. So I'm mother, my mother's side, the American, and guess who looks like the American Indian, right? In the family, my mother, partially, but her mother, yes, the Indian. So of course I'm dark, but people can talk to me and not know that. I can talk to somebody else who's dark haired or blonde or black hair. It doesn't matter because when I read people, the skin isn't there. The culture's not there. I talked to a gal that was in Texas. You hear the card file. And I said, are you Asian? And she goes, perfect English. Perfect. Yes. How can you tell? Like, what are you going to say to me? And I says, you're eating too much salt. <laughs> you're salty to me. And, and it's right. And she had been. Because their diet is full of salt. Right. And right. And sometimes I'll talk to people and I can tell what kind of diet they eat. <laughs> like I like peanut butter on toast, right? Let me think right. about it. <laughs> this is almost vegetarian here. And uh, I, uh, I get amused. I can tell when people drink. I can tell when some say, oh my gosh, talk about drink. Old Ironside and Sacramento, 7th and S, or 10th and S, entertained a lot. And it, of course, you start at 11 o'clock at night, way past. I can't think about getting down there at 10, 30, 11 o'clock. And they're drinking. <laughs> it's a nightclub. Mo Betterman Show. Anybody look him up? I don't, I would love to know where he is. It's been a long time. How about that for a memory? Mo Betterman. Old Ironsides and Kim and her family love those people. Anyway, the best reads I've ever done were people who had drank too much. They are mine. There is no inhibition. You want to talk to me, honey? You go right ahead. I go, oh, yeah, <laughs> I'm going there. <laughs> and it's fun. I love this. Anybody in the audience that wants to get into this? Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, I'm going to do a show on how to get started. Char had me back 
I will do that. But make sure who you know who you are and for what reason. I got into this. Um, I've been this way all my life. In eight, 1984, uh, I was working in Auburn, California. And a friend of mine who I'd met in 77 was in her office working. And of course, I went down there for some reason. And I went and left the room, came back, looked at her. And she was a darling little young, as we all were when we were younger, this 90 pound little tiny, yes, Nancy, what do you want? <laughs> this cute little woman. And I said, uh, there's going to be a death in your family, but don't worry. It's going to be okay, but you're going to end up having to do the paperwork. It's okay. Don't worry about it. Guess what? That night, there was a murder in her family. And the mother's sister was the killer. And she got off because this was an abusive husband. She killed her husband. Wow. And this, I'm trying not to say people's names and blah, blah, blah. Um, she ended up having to take off because she was responsible to bury the man. What that tells me, listen how I word that, it was a planned event. It was going to happen. She didn't plan it. The mother, the woman, he come home drunk, laid on the couch, blah, 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 blah. And she's had had enough. Think about that one. We should do a show on free will and Desi versus free will. Absolutely. and free will. Absolutely. One last question in the chat room is, does she, you see, I'm blind guys, okay? Does she do readings with people so I can find out who is with me? Yeah, duh. Um, I have two websites, nancymatz.com. And when you open it up, I have a picture of me 25 years ago and one five years ago. Right there it says, do you want a reading? Click on that. And it'll take you to that page. The other site um, is Nancy Matt's author, A-U-T-H-O-R, Nancy Matt's author.com. And I am getting myself back out there because I want to write these books. I have eight books lined out already, including um, hmm, The Ghostly Wife. There's, they're all pictures there. Um, one is for my grandmother, who was a silent movies, silent screen movie star, Lynn Miller. And I did try to find her. Um, I think there was another Miller. You know, you watch Dallas, those people, those characters in the TV series. Mm -hmm. Well, 50 years from now, is every character going to be shown? She was the bad girl in the called Saturday Serials. And my grandma was five foot one. She had blonde, wavy mane. And she was just darling. And she was always a bad person. It's kind of like that. They have the heroine, then you have the beautiful woman, and she's the bad girl. So right. Bob, my grandmother was that. So I'm going to have, that's on there too. And it's a dedication to her poems that she wrote for my father. And on each page will be a picture of her on stage. I have all these photographs of her in, a, in an act. So they're going to be the backdrop for all the poems that she wrote. So I don't want to write everything. I would do for the family one. Absolutely. But I don't want this without people not remembering me. I know there might be a lot of people think I'm dead because of my age, but, you know, but I have a lot of clientele, but I do still want to read. I want to make connections. So I hope you enjoyed the show, everybody. Do me a favor and click on that thumbs up and give Char a thumbs up for having me on. And if you haven't subscribed, do so. Have fun with this. And Absolutely. I will be back on. And yes, maybe back on and we may even do a, one where she does readings for you guys. So we'll see. Oh, yeah. Well, Max Soldier, there's a ghost in my house. I recommend you go there. And if you get past first 15 minutes, because I'm trying to, he was getting so many interruptions. 
but I talk about my husband and the ghost. And then I do readings and we were only going to go an hour, just like tonight. And we went an hour and 40 minutes, one question right after another. And then you can get a variation on the kind of questions I can ask. Everything's open. But that was a night of who's in my house and relatives and friends or dead people showed up because they can see when that person they're interested in will get answers about them. So they can, they have access to time. So these events are planned. And um, I hope you all had fun with me, y'all. Life in the South, past life. I hope you had fun with me. Make sure you get that thumbs up for her and subscribe. And I'll be on again. How's that? Sounds good to me. Thank you so much, Nancy. I appreciate it. And uh, it's good reminiscing. It's good to go back in time a little bit. You know? No, we brought up a lot tonight. Old memories. Wow. I'm old too, so you know. You're 20 years younger than me. I don't want to do it. Look at the swelling on my face. I look so fat. Uh, get your tooth fixed tomorrow. That'll be all yeah. right. Tomorrow. No one even notice until you brought it up. I have to get my medicine, you know, because they're not going to do anything until they get the get the infection. So yeah. So. Is that an ice pack or heat pack? You gotta Google that. I think it's an ice pack. You should be doing that. Yeah. So they're not going to do anything until they get the infection out. You know, as far as the tooth goes, but uh, that's tomorrow. They're going to X-ray and do all that. Oh, I hate the dentist. Everybody else hit the dentist. Always been a Saturday, isn't it? Tonight's Friday. <laughs> I hate the bloody dentist. Literally, I hate the dentist. Okay, right. I will. Stop, I will talk to you later on. Sounds good. All right, everybody. Bye bye. It was okay. fun. Yep. Yeah, have a good one. Okay, guys, that was a fun show. Nancy's always fun to have on. Very knowledgeable. Been around for a long time. Probably a lot. Well, I'm not going to say longer than I have because it's insulting. But yeah, she's been around for a while, and I, 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 you know, I can tell you from experience of working with her that she's as accurate as they come when she does readings. Okay, I, I can tell you that. Anyway, tomorrow uh, Sunday, I will be back. And okay, I'm looking at your messages. Okay, Sunday I will be back, and I'm going to be doing the reading for um. At, yeah, see my it's just it's, it's just thing with my mouth. Anna Maria Manello's The Way Through the Woods. We're gonna continue that. We're I think we're in part five now. So we're gonna continue that on Sunday. And then Monday we've got another psychic coming on, Ann Bender, a local psychic here from Sacramento. She has done a spot on haunted hospitals because she works in hospitals, so she's had experience in these hospitals. So she's gonna be on and we're gonna be talking about that with her and what she's been up to. I used to work with her occasionally. In fact, when we first started out. And California Haunts was a TV show. That's who we filmed was uh, the team that she was on. So at least I, I go way back with her too. So anyway, hope you guys have a great day tomorrow. And hopefully this swelling starts to go down. It would be nice if it did. Um, at least I'm not hurting like I did last night. Last night I thought I was going to die. But it's okay. But uh, I want to thank everybody for coming. And subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. Like Nancy says, click on that little ghost guy and subscribe. If you like the show, share it with five people. If you hated the show, Share it with five of your enemies. We are equal opportunity here at California Haunts Radio. And uh, share it with family members or whoever else. You know, it's just like you can listen. If you want to hear the show again and you don't want to watch it on YouTube, you can listen to it on Apple, iTunes, you know, I just said iTunes, um, TuneIn Radio, or on iHeartRadio, or on uh, or on all the major podcast channels. So you can check us out there. And, and also, if you look at Apple, you can go back to our old shows. 
that we did on Blog Talk. Because when you get on Apple, you'll see two California Haunts radios. One is these shows, and then the other ones are from Blog Talk. Visit our website at CaliforniaHauntsRadio.com. And I'm going to go ahead and tease up Nancy's stuff and her website so you guys know where to go for that. Okay? So here we go. And let's call it a night. Okay, websites, nancymats.com, nancymatsauthor.com, and youtube.com forward slash nancymatspsychic. Um, she's got three books out. One is Help Get Me Out of This Funk. Two Worlds, Developing Your Psychic Skills. And the unwilling sacrifice. And you can get those at Amazon. And if you look at the description of the show, you can also see where she does readings. Uh, There's a link to that uh, down in the show description. Anyway, I want to thank you guys for coming, and I will see you guys Sunday for The Way Through the Woods, 6 p.m. Sunday Pacific.